Well, hey there. Welcome back to Leader Talks with the NYC. This is your host, Matt. I'm so pumped to hang out with you today. We have a great conversation on the idea of becoming the MVP of your team, of your organization. No matter where you find yourself, you can be the most valuable player. But chances are it's not how you think it should be. Uh, So I'm so excited to jump into this and have five practical tips of how you can become the most valuable player of the organization that you're at. Hey, if you're listening today, you are a part of a group that has helped us have over 800 downloads to this podcast. Can I say thank you and how exciting that is? Uh, Man, if this is your first time tuning in today, I just wanted you to know how appreciative of we are for you taking time out of your day to add value to your life. In fact, that's what we're about. We simply believe that leadership is a universal language. And so if it's universal, that means no matter where you find yourself in life, there's always something for you to learn and you can take one step forward to help you be a better mom, to be a better dad, to be a better employee, manager, boss, owner, CEO, pastor, does not matter. We can help you take one step further in the right direction. So I'm so pumped to get into the conversation about becoming the MVP today. Are you ready? Let's get started. Uh, For me in my personal life, man, I have always just been competitive. I find myself wanting to be the best in the room uh, in areas that I know I'm good at. So if I if I know that uh, like a singing competition, you can count me out. I cannot sing at all. I have the worst voice in the entire world. My wife makes fun of me all the time. It's just not going to happen. Um, but get me on the basketball court. Get me on a video game system. Get me uh, in a debate. Something where I just, man, I feel like I have some sort of edge or I have some sort of gifting. Uh, man, I, I want to win. But probably even... Even more than wanting to win in the room. I really want to win and beat myself. I, I never want to come to a place where I accept that my best days are behind me. Uh, I just want to continually self-improve. So as cliche as it is, the competition is always within yourself. Uh, but, but I honestly think that we can look at our life in the different areas where we do have leadership, where we, where we are part of a bigger picture of a team, where we can truly become the MVP. I don't think that happens how most people think it does. And so I just wanted to take five simple ideas today, break them down, make them super practical. And in fact, they may be too practical. And what I mean by that is it's it's, it's so simple that it makes it makes too much sense and surely it can't be. But I promise you, if you apply these five simple, super simple things to your life, you can become the MVP today. We can start that journey together. So the goal today is to increase your personal value while increasing value to the team. Let's say that again. The goal is to increase your personal value while increasing value to the team. We're all a part of this bigger picture of a team, of an organization. And so you can add value to yourself by adding value to your team. So practical tip number one, always take notes always take notes. There was a man in my life that that spoke over me and probably one of the best things that he ever shared or taught me was to always take notes, always have a notepad on me, always have my phone on me. So when my leader or my pastor or my boss or my manager came to me and said, hey, we need to do this. I need you to get this done. I need you to call so-and-so and check on this. And so I was able to always be ready 
write it down, make sure I have the proper information, communicate it back to my leader. And then if I had any clarifying questions, okay, so you want me to call the party store. What do I need to be checking on? And and when do I need to pick these supplies up and, and, and gather this information to get ready? Uh, and here's, here's why it's important for you to write things down. And here's why really why you should. You get to save time. You eliminate stress. You eliminate confusion. You eliminate going back and forth and, and having to retalk and rebring up the same ideas over and over and over again. Here's the deal. Time is valuable and you shouldn't have to go back multiple times to talk about something that should have been handled the first time it was brought. Now, not all of our lives revolve around staff meetings every day. And so there are many, many times where your leader will come to you in a moment, your boss, your manager, whoever, and will say, Hey, we need to get this done because it comes to them right in that moment. So instead of being like, got you boss and trying to remember it, because here's the deal. We can't remember everything. You write it down, you clarify it, and then you go back, you resolve the issue, and then you come back and you follow up with it. And so time is valuable. Again, you shouldn't have to be told multiple times to do one thing. And here's the deal. If you are constantly having to go back for clarity and being retold the same information, you're preventing valuable time and energy from being directed at things that are important to focus on things that have already been covered. You are taking away value by having someone to repeat themselves when you could on the front end handle it and get it done. So here's some steps to help you with that. Number one, write everything down. Write it down clear your mind. You can't remember everything, so don't try. Ask clarifying questions up front to get as much information as possible and then follow up with what you've accomplished. So your manager comes to you and they say, hey, we need to get this done. You get out your notepad, you get out your phone, however you're going to take down your notes, and then you begin to write down this information. You notice that there are some key things that you need to do. Okay, you need me to call so-and-so. All right, what what do I need to get from them? What's my time frame? When do you need this done by? Begin to get clarifying information, and then once you've done it, follow up with your leader. Hey, just want you to know, I called the store. Here's the information they gave me. Here's the time frame we've looked at. What else do you need me to do? Be proactive and follow up with what you've accomplished, which actually leads into point number two, be proactive. Initiate conversations and ideas with the team. Always ask, what else can I do? Don't just wait until opportunities arise. Be proactive in creating them to generate momentum. Being proactive shows courage and forward thinking and adds value to you as a team player. So it's easy. The larger the team is, the easier it is to fall onto the wayside and think, hey, someone else will do this. Someone else will take care of it. Someone else will lock the doors. Someone else will cut the lights off. Someone else will clean up this mess. Someone else will do it because the team is so big. But here's the deal. If we are proactive and we lead the way, You're going to add value not only to the other teams involved, but to yourself because you'll be doing what no one else is doing. So here are some some thoughts to go along with it, okay? Number one, initiate tough conversations. Don't be rude, but don't wait until the conversation has to happen. The earlier a tough conversation is had, the, the less pain and frustration that's going to come along with it. If you wait until the absolute last moment and we can't deal with this any further, the that experience is going to be frustrating for you. It's going to be frustrating for that person. It's going to be so awkward. But if you can be proactive and initiate it from the get-go, it's going to be good. When you initiate those conversations and ideas with people as early as possible, the less frustration you experience in the long run. 
Number two, you can initiate forward-thinking ideas. Dare to dream, but you need to understand this. Some, if not most, of your ideas will not be utilized, but you can never go wrong dreaming for the future and helping the dream or the team dream too. Dream for the future. Initiate vision. Initiate passion. Initiate this idea of what could be. You may not be the main vision caster for your organization, but you can help spur thought. Be proactive in having conversations. Be proactive in dreaming. Number three, go above and beyond your call of duty. Look around you, what needs to be accomplished. See the need of what needs to to happen. So if the lights need to be cut off or the trash needs to be picked up, empower people to do it, but do it with them. Notice those needs. So number one was take notes. Number two is be proactive. Number three, dream the big picture. So dream in big picture. It's more than just your area of work or ministry. Every section impacts the whole. So when you're dreaming for what could be, be considerate of what it looks like for the ministry as a whole. How does whatever I'm doing for the vision of the organization and not just my area? So to kind of paint a picture of that, an example would be the youth pastor is getting ready to have this youth parent night where he's wanting the parents and the students in the room together to talk about the future of the youth ministry. Well, the reality is most of those parents probably have small children. So where do they go? Are the youth leaders expecting them to get a babysitter or are we looking to lean into the nursery worker, the kids ministry team to be able to watch the kiddos during this event? If that's the case and they're wanting the kids ministry to run it, you have now impacted another area of ministry. That ministry requires some input. It requires volunteers. It requires resources. And so that impacts them and affects them. So our ideas will more than likely outreach our area of leadership. So we need to be mindful of what we are doing. Okay, so number two, let's just say it's not just a a youth event, but this is a a big event that the church is hosting, right? So does this bring in the host and greeting team? What about the media and the worship team? All right, so what happens if you have someone that's involved in multiple areas of ministry? Where do they fall in this big picture? What ministry takes priority? Are all of those areas uh, on their own schedule that way? So what I mean by that, do the media team and the worship team, they have their own calendar that they're running by. They have their own events that they're trying to do and this may or may not add something extra to them so how can we help take away tension and frustration by paying attention to the details and being considerate of them so when you're dreaming the big picture here's some questions to ask okay if i do this where are the resources and volunteers going to come from and how does that impact other areas of ministry and the things that they have going on number two does this add value to the organization Or just my section? Does this add value to the organization as a whole? Or just for me, myself, and the team that I'm leading? And lastly, number three, is the value being added worth the investment? Is this the best use of resources? And I think that's one of the most important questions that you can ask in this. Is the value being added worth the investment of time, of money, of volunteers? Is it worth the investment? Is the payoff really going to be worth it? Is it truly the best use of resources? And as you begin to dream the big picture and recognize that it's not just about us, it's about the the whole entire ministry, the whole entire organization, and we can begin to think that way, it will help you add value to the team because it shows that you care about more than yourself. All right. Number one, take notes. Number two, be proactive. Number three, dream dream big picture. And number four, bring value not problems. 
bring value, not problems. There are always going to be issues around us. It's good to notice the problems, but don't just bring attention to them and leave them alone. Be a part of the solution. There's nothing worse than someone says, hey, you need to go fix that. Hey, you need to go do that. Hey, here's this problem. Bring value and a plan to the conversation and not just another issue. The last thing we all need is another issue to have to work to. Okay, so there's a there's a practical three-step plan that you can take place. And so we're going to use the example of toilet paper. Okay. Simple, easy, funny story. You walk in to the bathroom and there's no toilet paper. That's a problem. Okay. So step one is when I see a problem, how can I fix it? And if I can't fix it, who can? So I walk into the bathroom and there's no toilet paper. How can I fix this problem? It's simple. Find toilet paper. Chances are I can probably do that unless I don't have a key to the cleaning closet because toilet paper is a high-valued commodity, okay? So go get the toilet paper and fix it. So step number two, are the problems I'm noticing consistent issues or just one-time faults? Is it a system that needs correcting or just additional training? Discover the level of consistency of the issue and then go back and figure out why it keeps happening. Is this the first time that the the bathroom has run out of toilet paper? Or are you noticing that every single week there seems to be a roll missing somewhere? Is this someone just forgetting to put it out each week? Or is this man, someone just dropped the ball this one time? That's important because that leads us to part three of this three-step solution. That's bring a plan for consideration. Understand that there may be more to the story and your idea could possibly not be a perfect fit. But you cared enough to see the problem and then bring a solution to it. And so pro tip here, right? Let's not make a big dramatic ordeal about the lack of toilet paper the first time that it happens. Just replace the toilet paper and keep an eye out. If it becomes a problem, then take the next appropriate steps. So let's just let's just take this example a couple of different ways. You walk in, there's no toilet paper, super frustrating, but you replace the toilet paper, problem is solved. We don't have to call a staff meeting. We don't have to have this big thing. Oh my goodness, can you believe it? The toilet paper wasn't there. That We, we solved the problem. It was that easy. But let's just say week two happens, and week three happens, and then week four happens, and we see this is a trend. Okay, so this is something that needs to be addressed because this is not just someone needing to be reminded. This is a system that we have in place. Is it that we're not supplying the toilet paper? Do we need to make sure, we, do we need to order some more toilet paper? Uh, is it that the person we have that is responsible for cleaning the bathrooms that it's not on a checklist for them. What what could be the problem? So let's do a little bit more research. Let's kind of dig in a little bit. And then let's go to the appropriate person and say, hey, just want you to know uh, for a couple of weeks we've had this we've had this issue. The toilet paper has been out. Here's what I figured out. And here's kind of something that, that may be of benefit to you. It's an idea that could help you. I'm not bringing you another problem, but bringing you a solution to the problem. And uh, hopefully it works for you. And so from that point, the leader responsible for that area can take into account what needs to be done and make the changes required. You didn't just bring a problem, you brought a solution and you added value to the team because you're fixing a team problem and you've added to yourself because you've shown that you care more about the team than you do about you. It's about the big picture, not about you. That could be in communication, our emails getting out. This could be Kidman check-in. Are, are, are there hiccups in the process? What problems are we seeing? Now, let's not just ignore them. Let's not just say, ah, someone else can do that. Let's be proactive and fix them, but, but also finding solutions for them. So instead of bringing together this big whole team rally of trying to figure out why we need to solve this one issue, let's just take a little initiative and figure out what the problem is, how consistent it's happened, and what we can do 
to fix it and then let the appropriate things take place. Don't make a big dramatic ordeal out of something that doesn't have to be. All right. So recapping. Number one, take notes. I hope you're taking them. Number two, be proactive. Number three, dream the big picture. Number four, bring value, not problems. And last but not least, number five, the team you're on is more important than the team that you lead. Recognize that the team that you're on is more important than the team that you lead. The vision comes from the team that you're on to implement to the team that you lead. All right. So as a leader of a department, I am not the vision for the church. I implement the vision through the ministry that I lead. I contextualize the vision in the culture of the church and express it through the lens that I lead. I can't lead my department well if I don't understand my role within the greater team of leadership. Okay. So if you are a youth pastor, a kids pastor, the worship pastor, whatever pastor in your church, you express the vision and the value of the church through your ministry. That will look different. Youth ministry looks different than kids ministry. Kids ministry looks different than outreach ministry. Outreach ministry looks different than worship team ministry. They all look different, but they come from the same source. The problem comes in when we try to do something on our own and and, and try and take ownership of the team because I am the leader of this team. We're going to do it my way because I am the leader. It doesn't work. It has to flow in line with the vision of the organization as a whole. So how do you get that vision? It's the team that you're on. You're on a team from the church of casting vision. The expression is different, but the vision is the same. So the team that you are on is more important than the team that you lead. An example of that in corporate America, I used to be a store manager for GameStop. Uh, it was an awesome store. It was incredible. We had so much fun. I, I felt like it was my first real career job starting part-time there. Uh, you know, I had other jobs that were great that helped build character that I loved. But this was like, for me, I could see myself being in the corporate world. I could go. I wanted to be the store manager. I wanted to be a district or regional manager and work my way. Way up the corporate ladder. So for me, this was significant. And so when I finally was able to step in as a store manager, I was a part of a district of other stores. Now I was the boss of my store. I, I scheduled, I handled inventory, we handled finances. At the end of the day, I was responsible for everything that took place in my store. But it was not Matt Stop. It was called GameStop. It was part of the bigger picture of GameStop, the company. And so we had different policies, we had different marketing, we had things in place that that had to happen for our store that was part of the bigger picture of GameStop as a whole. So when it came to how I made decisions as a store manager, that wasn't just me making decisions because I felt like I had authority. It was, this was the policy and the guidelines for how store managers should act. My store had to get in line with the company. My marketing had to get in line with the company. My policy for how we hired and fired and scheduled and handled inventory had to line in with the company. So I had to look at the function of what my role was and make it line in with the vision of the company. So here's some practical thoughts, okay? Realize that it's an honor to lead the team that I do, but don't let authority distract you from a bigger purpose. Don't let a little authority, a little power, a little decision-making ability distract you from the greater picture that is leadership on a team. Teamwork makes the dream work. That is so cliche, but it's true. As you help others accomplish their goals, they will be more willing to help you with yours. No one wants to help enable someone's selfishness, but everyone usually helps a generous helper. 
third thought with that is you'll never be the guy or the girl, right? You will always be on a team. So for, for GameStop, I was a store manager, but I was a store manager among other store managers in a district. Had I become a district manager, I would have been a district manager among other district managers for the district and gone up to region, even up to the CEO. Say I was the CEO big guy of GameStop, I still would have been on a board of other leaders making decisions for the company as a whole. You will always be on a team. And if you decide to venture out and go on your own island and lead your own thing for, for a season, I promise promise you it will fall apart because teams are better than going solo. You will accomplish so much more together than you will alone. We are created for community and we are created for team building and development around us. So you will need to embrace it and understand the power that comes with it. We are a team and the team that we are on is more important than the team that we lead. And so here just uh, a few final thoughts for you as we wrap up today. Uh, you add the most value to yourself when you add value to your team. Any section of the body of any organization that is solely focused on itself will eventually implode and self-destruct. Everything is part of the bigger picture and how we continue to add value to that vision is by recognizing our role and our responsibilities and exceeding at them while also recognizing our capabilities of helping those around us. The beauty of this process is that it creates a culture of helping others. We help others. You create a team that is focused on the vision, not just in the department. We are truly better together and can accomplish more with the help of others than we could ever do on our own. Those are just some simple ways that you can take a look at your life and add value right now and help on your way to becoming the MVP of your team. Always take notes. Always be proactive. Dream the big picture. It's more than just you. Bring value, not problems, and understand the team you're on is more important than the team that you lead and that we're better together. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. It's been lots of fun. Uh, one of the things we, again, just desire to do is add value to you as a leader. We live in a fun world and it's full of excitement and joy and challenges and different things that we face. And the goal today is for us to help you navigate them just a little bit better. So if you haven't yet, man, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe to the channel, leave us a rate and review. And if it, if it has added value to you, share it with your friends. We love to see what it's doing in the lives of those around us. And our goal again is to help you become the MVP of your organization. Leadership is universal language. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today and we can't wait to see you next time.